You're listening to Counterculture on RCR. Reality Check Radio. Good morning and welcome back to Counterculture here with Marie on RCR and it's great to welcome back local candidate for my electorate, Napier, Martin Lankford for Democracy New Zealand. Welcome back, Martin. How are you? Good morning. Uh, very well, thank you very much. Bearing up under all the pressure. I know, I know. It's We're at the pointy end of the campaigning stick now, really, aren't we? We're into the last, we're into the 30s now. So we really yeah. are. Yeah. Well, it's even less than that, really, isn't it? Because early voting, I think, opens on the 3rd of October. That's, so That's right. It's just it's that E-Day that keeps on being pushed into everybody at the moment. But yes, it's, it's that early voting. Um, and yeah, as you say, down to the pointy end. And there's quite a few meetings coming up over the, just barreling up at the end of this month. It's like, it's amazing how many places want to have the candidates come and talk to them end of, end of this month. Yeah. yeah. Are you, I mean, this is your first time around. But, I mean, you've been a layperson like us, you know, watching elections. I've never seen so many people so engaged in an electoral process in this country for a really long time. Are you kind of getting that vibe from people when you're going to these meetings? The people at the meetings, uh, yes, they seem engaged. But then there's a lot of people you talk to when we're doing our hoardings and meeting people out in town. And there are a lot of undecided still who are saying, oh, I don't know which way to go. I, my friends don't know. There's a lot of talk around the dinner table and we just don't know which way we're going. So there's the engagement, but there's still the indecision, which is, and that's quite striking. That what That's what really comes back. Mm. That undecided number is one that for me, you know, with all the talk of the polls, that's the one that, the big one that stands out. I mean, it's starting to shrink a little now. Yeah. But usually that undecided's 10 to 15%. It's frequently up to 20, yeah. 23%, 25% in some polls. It's it's a big number. And that's what I really want to be sort of jumping in there and say, well, if you're undecided, hey, what have you got to lose? Go for Martin Langford. Go for Democracy <laughs> New Zealand. And, and I, I should just most of the time say that, and I probably should do it with a cheeky grin at the same time and say, hey, it's not a wasted vote. It's a good vote if you're undecided. And certainly do vote. So, you know, that perhaps I should jump in with that a lot more now in the last mm. few days. The Taxpayers Union visited recently and did an yes. event up at the Pookie Tap. Did you get an invite, Martin? No, well, I got an invite to sit and listen. So we paid tip, we paid for our tickets to go and listen. Um, no, they decided that our percentage of popularity was not sufficient for us to warrant a seat at the table. So uh, democracy, and we, I'll be very careful what I say. We were advised not to make too much rumble on the evening and and not to to um, disrupt the presentation by by being a bit boisterous in the background. So I and a, and a group of volunteers went. We were all branded up. Um, and we we sat in the bar and we listened to to the talk, um, but no, we were not invited to take part because we we weren't popular enough. And we warned that if we'd made if we'd made too much trouble, the same would go carte blanche across the rest of the country. So no other candidate from Democracy New Zealand would be considered. So we just thought, oh, okay. Um, so, I mean, I would be disappointed with that. I mean, I think because let's face it, in most electorates, there isn't a huge number of people running from, I mean, some electorates, there's only two, um, and other electorates, there could be sort of up to six. What harm is it to have, I mean, everybody there on the stage? 
I mean, one of the one of the the presenters afterwards came past and talked to me, and he said, "Oh, he said I was really expecting you to to, to make far more of a disruption tonight." He said, "I was oh, I was most surprised that you didn't." And it's like, oh, hang on, <laughs> we'd been given a, a warning not to be disruptive, and we wouldn't have, you know, we didn't heckle. I mean, that, that's it wasn't the it wasn't the place for heckling. It was just to show a presence of us being yeah. there, and people knew that. And I, I got quite. And a that's few to be fair, Martin. Afterwards. That's not your style anyway. So I can <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't see you as a heck. My friend, very, very. I'd have to script it. I would have to script it. I say, uh, <laughs> um, hear ye, hear ye. Get <laughs> yes, a bell out. Yes. The people afterwards came up and chatted, and we had, we had because because we were there. We 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 got some we got publicity because people coming and talk to me and say, oh yeah, I heard you couldn't get up there, but and then just having a genuine, mm. genuinely good chat about things. So that was actually quite good for us that way as well. We weren't heard on stage on the forum, but people were talking afterwards um, in the social the social sphere afterwards, which was good. Yeah, was and good. I think actually you probably would have found that that would have been vastly more effective, I would have thought. Of course, they did a poll leading into that, and there is certainly yeah. an appetite for change in Napier. And I know that I've been really critical and concerned about vote splitting because, of course, that's how we ended up with the Napier candidate, for the Labour Napier candidate initially. Right. Uh, there is certainly an appetite for change. So 37% for Nimmin currently, 28 for little Nashy clone, as I like to call him, Mark yes. Hutchinson. Yep. He really, they're not very imaginative, are they? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he's a very nice chap, but yeah. I just, on the surface of it, I looked at that and I thought, and they, they did the same uh, in East Coast as well. It's like, okay, you obviously thought a hill-dwelling middle-aged white dude is what Napier people want, and up on the East Coast they obviously like, they, they thought, oh, yes, queer Māori, that's what's going to win the day yes. <laughs> in the East Coast. It's just like, really, guys? Anyway. Well, it was, was a nice guy. I mean, but he, he called me disingenuous yesterday, so uh, I was oh. up, up on the stage at um, at senior citizens' meeting because I dared to say that, that the health system was not he said that we have one health system and it's going in one direction and i i stood up and started to give my talk on something and said i i'm, I'm sorry but what i've been hearing we are definitely hearing about a, a split a two-tier system and you know people being put in two directions when they go to the doctor you know which way you're going to be funded and he just he just burst out so, oh that's being very disingenuous and i thought oh no i can't i don't agree with that mm. yeah this is one of the questions I had for you about that poll. Um, yes. All the information I saw in that poll is from a candidacy point of view. Did they actually poll? Because Nimmin polled at 37%, Hutchinson at 28 undecideds at 18 which is a yeah. big number, as yeah. you said. But they didn't actually poll for any of the other individual candidates. So did you actually, did they supply you with that number? Did they give you a read of I believe I was mentioned. I better check on it. 2%, does that make sense? I think 2% was mentioned for me. Okay. I think it was 1%. Okay. And I think that they sort of went, that Martin Langford, 2%. And then it went down to 1%, 1%, 1% for the other candidates. So it's like, oh, okay. At least I've got I'm a double that. But Over the I, I'm I'm just grabbing all the undecideds at that point and saying, well, that, that doesn't put me too badly. No, <laughs> no. It, I mean, I, I guess yeah. it's always been perceived as a bit of a two-horse race. But yes. it, last time you said that this for you is not just a one-trick pony. You are now looking at this long-term. Is that still the case? Absolutely. Um, we're still we're still looking, you know, the practices um up and available. 
Um, I'm still working four days, but we've we've got the plan. And I've, I've told the party board that, that we've got our plan, which will be to, to keep, if we don't get in this time, or I don't get in this time, that it's the next time. It, we, we'll work hard, we'll keep going, um, we'll pull back on the work somewhat at the dental practice, but and spend more of our time concentrating on getting the party name out and, and promoting the party and getting ready for the next election. Mm. Yeah, definitely still on for that. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, six months out from Gabrielle. Uh, What's now the word on the ground from local constituents in terms of recovery, where they're moving, are people finally getting ahead, are they still in limbo? What's your read on things? It's uh, still in limbo situation for many people. Um, By drips and drabs, we're hearing of people who are getting into rental properties with their families, which is great. Uh, we've, We've been in contact through the dinner club which is a, a Friday evening um, get-together meal that we help provide at a, a local church. And people from there are sort of just drifting off now because, oh, we've got a rental house. We're, we're, we're in our own home in, in the suburbs. So some, some of the families are, 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 have improved. They've moved out from them, the motel situation, which we were finding unbearable. Um, but there are still others who are still definitely in limbo, found they put a, a, a removable accommodation onto their property so they could be there to to help tidy then the councils turn up and say oh you can't have that that's an extra dwelling you're not allowed to have that so there's still the bureaucracy hitting them even i'm sorry so uh, yep. let's just go back a second there so you've got people who are trying to clean up and clear property they've gone and gotten themselves like either a little prefab or a tiny home to pop yep. on their property so yep. they can be there for security cleanup supervision and the like yeah and council are coming in and saying, no, you can't do that. So so people have, yeah, so uh, I'm trying to work out whether it would be council, but some official has come in and said, that's not allowable. That, you know, so that's. It's ridiculous. It, it does seem ridiculous. And it seems to kick people, when you're down, why not kick them even further and say, oh. Um, so that's what we've we've had feedback from people that that's happened to them and, and, and to their son, you know, their families, because they've got extended families and saying, that's what they tried to do. Um, and so whether they, I, I think there's, there's a feeling say, well, we'll just ignore it for the moment. We'll just carry on because it's there and we'll wait for someone to push the point to the next, you know, the next infringement notice or, or whatever needs to be presented to them. But it, it does seem a, 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 a sad state of affairs when people get that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I've been quite concerned about, just looking about town, is the number of business closures. Mm. Have you noticed that? Have you pegged yeah. that? Yeah. It, I mean, it's a hard road to hoe with a small business at the moment. Mm. And it is, it's quite, you walk through the, um, you know, Taradale is our local. So I go up through there and see through there. If you get any see the, the, the spaces and people have moved to a different place, but the old place is still empty. Uh, same in town. And it's, it is, it's, um, we need something to, to, to push the, the smaller business. We, we really do need something on that, which would be nice. Um, essential. It's essential. I mean, we went, uh, we went to Palmerston North the other weekend. <laughs> there were a few places empty there as well. I mean, they've got a nice shop. They did have a nice shopping area through there. It was Saturday. It wasn't quite as bustling as we were hoping it would be. Um, and they've got some fairly um, very good shopping streets, lovely frontages. But then you've got the the, the spaces which are there, mm. and, and we need the small businesses. We need to get people out. We need to get the, the economy going, so people have got the money to go and keep these small boutique businesses. So it's not a case of you see the great big names, the, the big shops. It's nice to go to a place in Palm. In Palmerston North had some little boutiquey shops, and it's like that's what we need. And Napier City Centre was 
was what that was was really good for. You could go into Napier and you could find all these lovely little boutique shops different. They weren't just the chain stores. Yes, you had the chain stores next door, but then you had some quirky little shop next door, which was, and that's what makes shopping a, a really pleasurable experience for most people. And well, that's, that's what drives people to visit Napier. Yeah, well, that is one of the things that sets Napier apart because we don't have a mall in Napier. A lot oh, of that yeah. really big box, what I call category killer stores, sit actually out actually on the industrial fringe. They don't sit in the CBD. So we've always had that feel. But, you know, you look at places like Ocean Boulevard, which is now, I think, what, there's one art therapy place left in there now. It's completely desolated. I know talking to a hospitality business owner that just recently, and it's someone offered to take their lease. So they were like, right, we're out of here. And they were saying that, Whilst COVID was really tough, yeah, it was Gabrielle that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Yes, I mean, I mean we've got you know hospitality is, is is suffering without the tourism, and we're we're about to enter into the, uh, the the cruise ship season. But I mean, that's we don't know how much actually comes from the cruise cruise ships because they they want to go off and and do the tours. Do they actually go through the the shops in town and actually spend their dollar there, their discretionary dollar in town? And we 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 have been stuffed. Um, I was talking with a lady in in the centre town, and she said that since Gabrielle, that has really really been a, a terrible for her. She's had to let someone else go from her shop. She's keeping the shop running on her own, and she's running herself ragged. Mm. Um, you know, the, 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 I had quite a few conversations. I, I've delivered leaflets and talked to people through the whole city centre, and it is. It, it's it's not a, a lot of them are not very optimistic. They are quite upset, and um, and they're getting tired. Yeah. And I'm also talking with you know some of the the people who are working in the shops. A lady was in her seventies. She said, "Well, I'm tired. I'm running the business. I'm, I'm working as hard as I can, but then I need to because I'd like to retire, but I just can't. I can't afford to retire." Yeah, and I think that there has been that hangover from, you know, you finally got over COVID. We headed into this year, 2023, with a sense of optimism. What I, with the businesses that I'm involved with, one of the things that I've certainly noticed is that we're into the space now where it's the ongoing effects of the supply chain and sourcing and staffing and the access to facilities that we're starting to feel all these issues that they're all very real, but you're not hearing about these in the media. So I have an event that I run at the end of August. I have all these visitors come and they were asking how things were going. And so, you know, I'd say to them, well, you know, we've actually had to be very nimble and quite uh, flexible about how we changed and did different things within our business in order to navigate. And we've still got ongoing issues and they're all Gabrielle related. Wow. And people, they they forget and they move on. And I think for all of us here, every, not a single person, and I don't believe, in this region has not been touched, you know, either personally or directly or by someone close to them with those effects and those ongoing effects. What do you believe, whoever gets the candidacy, and let's face it, it would take an act of God, I think, for you, my friend, but um, you <laughs> never you. know. Those who are with the Lord start praying now. Stranger things have happened. Um, yes. But for the, who, who got the candidacy, what do you think should be their first priority for the people of Napier come November? It's got to be talking, talking, talking on the national stage that Napier still needs help because, as you say, it's gone quiet and it's pushing that national drive to say, 
yes, money is is tight. Budgets have gone in different directions, but we still need to be directing resources. We still need to be directing funding. We still need to be looking after after Napier um, or the areas, so, you know, the greater Napier area because of what's gone on um, and not uh, not to not to ignore it and say, oh, it's it's on the road to recovery, because that seems to be the comment that comes back from central government, I'd like to call them. Oh, the recovery is going well. We're, we're doing all we can. Everyone's pulling out all the stops. And you you think you're not actually quite pulling out all the stops because there are people who are still, as we've said earlier, still in limbo, still suffering, still not being told the the the, um, the gradation the grading of of the housing. It's still up in the air. People are still being told, "Oh, we'll get to you. We'll work that out, and and we'll talk about that." We need tourism for Napier and we need to have our motels and hotels free and able to, to take in tourists. We need that for, for, for the economy here. What we don't need is the, the and unfortunately after Gabriel, that got even worse because the accommodation was taken up with people who, who had nowhere else to go. The, we're trying to, those people are now leaving, but the, the situation in a lot of the motels is that they're not there for tourists. Uh, they've got the, um, the, the, the homeless or we've got the people who are from from housing, um, should we say housing corp? You've got people living in motels when the motels really need to have tourists. We need to be pushing mm. Napier, and we need to be making it a vibrant, a vibrant area to get people to get excite people and make people want to come and visit again. Have um, you done a back of the envelope, uh, pricey of how many motels and hotel? Well, it'd be motels predominantly, yeah. I'm assuming, are in social housing. No, not as yet. No. That's something I. Perhaps I should get when I, when I get a spare five minutes, I'll, I'll, I'll go around and have a chat and talk. Um, and it, but that would be a useful thing to be done. And we, uh, there's a um, business association meeting coming up shortly, and that's something that perhaps uh, would be a very, very important um, aspect to, to go in with some information on that. And so I yeah. would, there's some I, homework for me. That's good because I know that again the, the event that I hold. I mean, I've this is it's the and it's this is the thirteenth year that I've done it. I had the two COVID years off, but so I've been doing it a long time and yeah. I've always had it at exactly the same venue. It's always rolled through. I have it at the end of August. It's a time of year where nothing else is rolling and shaking in the bay. Yeah. So it works in quite well. And of course the marathon rescheduled because <sighs> of uh, Gabrielle and that scheduled for the same weekend and of course I got stuck with I had a lot of people I often get a big flux of people in early but I always get a little clump at the end and often that clump at the end is the cream for me you know they're the ones that uh, go oh is it still too late to come because you always get those people that don't know what they're doing yep. and you get that little extra 10 or 15% bump towards the end well I got zero none of that and the reason I got none of that is because there was no accommodation and that was the one thing I got back we can't get flights we can't get accommodation we can't get in um, do you know anywhere we can stay and it was because it, it was a taken up with a marathon but more than that I know the marathon people were struggling because so much of it was taken up uh, with housing and what I call permanent, you know, semi-permanent short stay, which it yeah. can be social housing or still people suffering from Gabrielle. So yeah. it is a real chicken and egg, isn't it? You know, yeah. we need the people to come. We need them to know that we're open and vibrant and happy and and it's great. Like everyone that came to my event had a wonderful time. And they're like, oh, it's, we didn't. It's so good. I mean, people, why aren't people coming back? It's like, well, yeah. it's also a bit tricky to get them to come and stay. 
That's that, and we, we've got um, Robbie Williams is is coming to the mission later in, in November, but we can see it on social media. People saying, "Hey, we've got tickets. Can has anyone got a, a house we could we can uh, if we got accommodation, bed and breakfast? Can can we get a room? Because they just can't get the accommodation. They want to come and and they've got the tickets. So this is he's mid November, I think. Mm. So you know we missed out with Sting because Sting was just after the after the cyclone. So that was a, a big and. But if we, we're still having people trying to get accommodation for for the next big concerts, which which are great for the great for the region, great for us. Uh, I, I still look at you know the Blue Water because the Blue Water. I don't know. Someone said, "Oh, the Blue Water will be coming back to being a motel. Oh, it'll take six months." Well, I've got an, a feeling that that has been bought up, and is I think that's a far longer term solution that the mm. government has chosen at the moment than than it was deemed at the beginning. I think it was potentially going to be a, a short term, but I think by buying it and and taking over, that is now a far longer solution for them to keep the blue water down in down in Hariri. Mm. Oh, did they buy it off our Rodney? Did they? Yeah, I believe oh. that's that's the, that's the case. There you go. Well, yeah. yeah, and I mean again, speaking of businesses, I mean Taki Timu's next door. Yeah, which you know that was a multi-million dollar business yeah. that. You know, between COVID and another financial headwinds. Yeah, I mean that. You know, a lot of jobs were lost there. Cavalier. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot yeah. of jobs lost there. That's Gabri- That's a Gabrielle. Um, I mean, and casualty. hopefully, you know, um, Panpack is. I mean, Panpack's not um, functioning at that, that moment either. That's you know still down. Ravens down. So you think of another two big employees on the waterfront, which 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 got mm. damaged severely by the the cyclone and are not up to well. I don't know what's what's what even the um, percentage you say they're working at at the moment, but it's um, you know we've we've been hit by a sideswiped absolutely sideswiped, and and it's going to take mm. a long time to, to to get us back on our feet, and then central government need to know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I at least hope with cruise season because a lot of people just just get off to walk around the central city. And the one thing that I will give the team at the Napier City Council, they have got the most amazing parks and recs team because every spring, and I can see they're out there doing all the plantings at the moment, and they've, well, they've done them, a good chunk of them last month, and they always, this time of year, work so hard putting the spit and polish on the city to have it looking a million dollars when that season starts. And the last you know week or so we've had this beautiful weather and and it is starting to you, you I am getting definitely that lovely spring summer vibe starting to come and I think the first ships arrive in October and yeah. you know they gradually gradually increase through November with the peak of them running from um Christmas through to the end of or well, the middle of February is when the bulk of them come through and I ha- I have to say I'm quite confident that if you were a cruise passenger, getting off in Napier to walk off and have a look around, what you would get see is something really quite beautiful. So that warms my heart and I feel really yeah. good about that. And also, unlike before, where they, after those those ones that came through after Gabrielle at the tail end of the season, at least now they will be able to go out and rejig tours and do wineries and stuff in those areas that weren't quite so affected and roads being open and access not you know being available so we've got that and hopefully their positive experiences will you know keep that international flow of people coming through so yeah i mean i'm I'm amazed you know we've been here 26 years and the improvement on the waterfront 
is, is mm. amazing. They've, re, you know, the, the, the sunken gardens, which they changed to become uh, more accessible. And they've, it really is. I mean, you walk along the waterfront on a sunny day and you've got those views and the, the, the city shines. That's what it is. It's got the colors mm. make the city shine. And when it's a sunny day, the whole place just seems to glow and you yeah. get that really good feeling. You stand there and you go, boy, are we lucky. We're lucky yeah. to live here. And you're looking out across the Pacific and you're saying, this is just what a wonderful place. I remember one of the Art Deco weekends and the sun was gone, had gone down behind. So you're in that twilight, but the, there was the the colours, the colours of the sea, the colours of the sound shelters. They, they put those muted colours. All the, 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 the buildings were glowing in that sort of early evening light. And it was just, it was magical. It really mm. was. The place comes alive. It really does. Yeah, it does. Uh, now, before we disappear, how is things going for Matt in Northland? He's very positive. Um, he's got he's got uh, Liao uh, Tilsley had gone up as he's helping up there as well to 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 get the name um, out and Divergis and uh, Sarah Brewer. So there's a there's a there's a team there which every now and again they'll make a foray up into into Northland and help with hoardings and putting signs or helping with the signs and getting out there and getting the name spread, going to the markets uh, with Matt or uh, at some um, other markets. So they're spreading the word. And he's positive. I've just seen him. He was down in Wellington. He'd just been to a meeting down there. And I think he's been really, really pushing himself. He's been trying his hardest. And you can start to hear just that his voice, his voice was slightly quieter than it normally is. And you sort of think, guys, has he, has he been roaring and, and as he starts to wear himself out? So I hope that he's, he's he's keeping on top of that. And he at the meetings that we have every week, he's always full. He's up there. He's up loud, mm. proud. Positive. He's certainly a very um, positive chair. Very positive, but it must be wearing on him because he's got the travel between, he's got a large electorate and he's been down to Wellington. He's done most of the country, North and South Islands. And uh, mm. he's going to be, his energy levels, he's just got to be keeping those up. So have, in your weekly meetings, has there been an expression of frustration with further fractionation within those minor parties? I mean, Ted Johnson has now left the New, New Conservatives and set up a party. Uh, finally, uh, New Zealand Loyal and uh, the Defence Alliance are now registered parties along with the Leighton Bakers. So that's all now confirmed. You've got there, I mean... It's a very, very crowded space, all yeah. fighting over a very, very small slice of the pie, Martin. Has Matt sort of voiced any frustration around that? He's he's very good at that. He just says, look, let's concentrate on the prize. Mm. Let's keep on going on with our, let's not get distracted. Let's not enter into um, discussions. And he said that, don't, don't start making comments about, oh, this party's done that, that party's doing that. He said, let's concentrate on what we've done. We've, we're doing it well. We're getting the name out there. Concentrate on what we're doing. Do it well. Let the others distract each other um, and keep just putting to people, this is what we stand for. This is what will happen if we, when, when, let's say, when we get in. Um, and let's not get distracted. Accept that these things happen. Move forwards and just aim for, for, for the election. Just keep going. Excellent. On that message, thank you very much. This has been Martin Langford, Democracy New Zealand Napier candidate here on Reality Check Radio. You're listening to Counterculture on RCR. Reality Check Radio.